the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. History has clearly shown that Christ is required to overcome the natural tendency of powerful forces to destroy God-given rights, including the right to hear and speak His truth. Welcome to Biblical Citizen. Let's roll with your hosts, Brian and Kathleen Melanakis. Kathleen is an author and retired registered nurse, and her husband, Brian, is a former company president. Kathleen and Brian discuss current events from a biblical worldview, so we as believers can influence for good in our culture and in the public square. Here is Biblical Citizen. Let's roll. Hello, Biblical Citizens, and Happy New Year 2022. Today, the topic of our show is reaching people with the gospel of Christ, and can we do that through their interest in conservative news? Well, our guest is political and religious writer Myra Khan Adams, who writes a regular feature for one of the most trusted news websites, townhall.com. Many of you, I'm sure, are familiar with it. Her feature is called A Quick, Compelling Bible Study, and she writes on different Bible topics and how they relate to our lives today. Now, you may not usually think of a Bible study column when you think of a conservative news site like townhall.com, but her column has reached lots of people, thousands to millions. She has a new book out called Bible Study for Those Who Don't Read the Bible. It's a compilation of the first 56 columns that she wrote for townhall.com. She also has a fascinating personal story and how she's led people to become much more familiar with God's Word who might not have been exposed, it might not have been exposed to it otherwise. Myra, a little background, was raised in a secular Jewish family She converted to Christianity in college. She's a regular op-ed contributor to The Hill and to Real Clear Politics, and her numerous credits also include The National Review. So welcome, Myra. Thank you for having me. We are really happy to have you today. You know, this is a fascinating topic for me, the idea of reaching people interested in conservative politics to become more familiar with the Bible and Jesus himself. Because my interest in conservative politics was what first led me to Jesus. I got involved in the homeschool movement and the charter school movement, which led me to being around Christians. And that led to me becoming one of them. And that's a whole long story. But tell us a little bit more about your background how Jesus found you, and how you came to be doing what you're doing. Well, I will try to condense what could be a very long answer <laughs> yes. into a radio yeah. soundbite. The, the short, right. um, the short I'll, version. I'll, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'll try not to talk too fast. Um, I was born and raised Jewish, uh, more cultural than religious. And I always joke that I was a Hebrew school dropout. Um, I wrote this story in one of my Bible studies, and it summarizes how I was intrigued by Jesus when I was in sixth grade. My public school class in the 1960s, I'm dating myself a little bit here, uh, we were singing a Christmas carol in preparation for the Christmas concert. And we were singing the first Noel, which ends with, Born the King of Israel. 
At the time, I was frustrated that our family did not celebrate Christmas. It was probably about you know gifts, I imagine. Um, but I thought Hanukkah was a, was a poor substitute. And also, my grandmother had told me not long before that Jesus was Jewish. So when I heard that when I was singing Born the King of Israel, I was confused. Since Jesus was born the King of Israel, then why didn't our family celebrate Christmas? Um, so I asked my mother, the great Bible scholar, dear woman, but <laughs> she had never read a Bible in her life. So I asked my mother who, who I asked my mother, and she said, her answer was, we are Jewish, and Jews don't believe in Jesus. Um, and I didn't think that was a very satisfactory answer. Um, but fast forward to my junior year in college, uh, I literally had no faith, knew nothing about Jesus, had never owned or read a Bible in my life. And at this time, I'm like, you know, 20 years old. Um, but, but over several months, Jesus started coming to me. It wasn't a vision or a voice, but a very, very strong feeling. Uh, and over the decades, I've described it like he put a ring through my nose and I had no choice but to follow him. Um, he wanted me. There was no negotiation. It was not an option. It was just like ring through the nose, pull, here you are. And here I am, uh, 47 years later, uh, writing and talking about him. Wow, that is really fascinating story. Just it's, And so you've, it's interesting, interesting that you've been writing political op-eds for years, um, but you got this biblical worldview in your early life where you at least became more acquainted with the Lord Jesus. And so, uh, you know, one thing we do on this show is try to encourage Christians to live out their biblical worldviews and be an example in the public square. And even though it's maybe political and so we don't shy away from that. So how do, how do these things connect in your mind? Would you agree that, you know, most people's views are based on their religious views, you know, their political views. I mean, they, they arise from them and then we encourage people to live out their biblical worldview. So how do, how does that connect in your mind? You know, I think the, the easiest answer, of course, we could talk for hours about that. Yeah. But I think the easiest answer um, is to follow the Ten Commandments. Um, that is really a roadmap for behavior and interaction with others. Totally and then agree. in Mark, and then in Mark uh, twelve twenty eight, Jesus adds, love the Lord, your God, with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength and love your neighbor as yourself. There are no greater commandments than these. And so just imagine if everyone in the world did that. Just imagine yeah. our world, our society, our culture, how different we would be if we all loved each other and loved the Lord and and, and just you know got along in this beautiful way that is just nothing but uh, fantasy. Unfortunately, <laughs> well, the way and, it is. And the interesting thing is, you know, the the left wants to create a utopia based on changing the system, changing institutions, changing what's outside of us. But if we changed what was inside of us and our own ethics and our following the commandments, that would be the utopia. We wouldn't have to worry about the institutions so but much. Can't, but we I mean, can't do that without Christ. No, That's we, the thing. So if you don't right. believe in God and you don't believe in Christ, you're never going to be able to even change individuals or institutions in a way that's really going to give you anything close to a utopia. <laughs> yeah. 
I mean, that's are meaningful. Be, yeah, history but, history should have taught us that. Yeah, and and you know these days it's more like the Ten Commandments or the Ten Suggestions, because it's like you know who is in charge? Who? Why should I listen to the Ten Commandments? <laughs> They're fantasy. I mean, every everything is relative. Everything is more relativism these days. So it's it's really hard to even have a definitive way. This is how you should think. This is how you should act. Just our culture is just isn't like that right now. It's too so, bad. <laughs> so, Myra, I want to get a little bit into your book. So you started in 2019 with a weekly series on townhall.com called A Quick Compelling Bible Study for Those Who Don't Read the Bible. So your first article, which was the first thing I read, it was published in 2019. It was called, Could Melchizedek Be the Preconfiguration of Jesus in the Bible's First Book of Genesis? Now, for me, this was fascinating because I've been in some prior conversations about this, and it's so it's really an intriguing article. But I also was thinking in my mind, though, would someone who doesn't even read the Bible would they, you know, would they be drawn into this type of a of an article? What what is your thinking on that? Well, um, <laughs> again, that's a really interesting question that we could talk for hours. Uh, first, let me just say one thing. Um, the, the actual Bible study on Town Hall really didn't start until February of 2020. I had written the a first Bible study, and it was actually September of 2019, and I sent it to Town Hall, and the editor said, you know, we don't do Bible studies. Why are you sending this to us? Oh. So I... I I posted it on Red State, where I had uh, posting privileges with, you know, without an editor. So that was in September of 2019. But then in um, 20, 2020, in February, I thought I would, you know, send another one. And um, it turns out, you know, this time they, they decided to take it and give it a try. And um, so actually, the Bible study that you read today actually started uh, without interruption in February of 2020. Um, but anyway, but that first one uh, actually ended up getting reprinted on Town Hall months and months and months later. Um, but the reason I wrote about Melchizedek is because I think it was interesting to me because he is so mysterious. He yes. appears only once, only once in Genesis. He has no lineage. And many Christians believe he is the prefiguration of Jesus. And yet that's in the Old Testament, words. right? That's the, old, that's the very yeah. beginning of Genesis, which the Jewish people would be more familiar with, those that are familiar with the Torah. Um, but yeah, they would, that would be a, a connection maybe that they would make in their minds between Jesus and the Old Testament and the Messiah, maybe. Right. <laughs> well, that it's interesting because that's exactly the reason why I wrote it. Ah. Um, it actually appears in Gen- in the 14th chapter of Genesis. And Genesis has, I think, like 39 or 37 chapters. So it, it's relatively early in Genesis, and a lot goes on in Genesis. But anyway, 55 words. Up to the deck, is a king from Salem, comes out of nowhere, meets with Abraham. Abraham, who is soon afterwards named Abraham, but when Melchizedek first meets him, he's named Abram. But the first thing Melchizedek does is he brings out the bread and wine, which, of course, is what we now consider the Eucharist. It was given at the Last Supper by Jesus and and is the body and blood of Jesus. So you have that connection right there. Yeah, the symbolism. Blesses Abram. Yeah, the symbolism is, is amazing. Um, Melchizedek blesses Abram in a really godly way, like he's like, like he's God, I mean, the way he blesses him. And Abraham, again, doesn't say a word. 
he just gives Melchizedek a tenth of everything. Because he just feels inspired to do that. Um, We could talk a long time about it. We're having to come up to the break now. But before we go, we have about a minute. Uh, Tell our listeners a little bit more about how you're able to reach non-believers that believe in conservative politics or news, you know, with the gospel. I mean, and just maybe one example, if you have, if you have one. Well, I actually, um, I think in many ways, just leave it to the Lord. I mean, the fact that this Bible study runs on a secular, even though it is a conservative site, it's a secular news site and people read town hall all over the world. But I actually know that um, there are people in, I know this for a fact, they've contacted me. Orthodox Jews in Jerusalem have contacted me really? to criticize me. Oh, yeah, they've sent me personal emails. But you got their attention. Yeah. <laughs> and I know they read me because this one, this one that actually personally sent me an email told me, that Orthodox Jews in Jerusalem, as he knows, read my Bible study. And of course, you know, as I said, they, you know, they, they like to pounce on me, and many of them comment on the site. Um, but occasionally, um, at least in this case, he actually sent me a personal email. And um, so, yeah, I mean, I'm reaching people, and obviously some people are, are Bible scholars, and others really know nothing. <laughs> well, let's talk about that, Myra. Great. Let's continue yeah. right after the break, Myra. We got some really neat stuff to talk about. Thanks. There is more Biblical Citizen. Let's roll. Still to come on K-Praise. Welcome back to Biblical Citizen. Let's roll. Now, here are your hosts, Kathleen and Brian Melanakis on K-Praise. We are back with Myra Con Adams, a political and religious writer and author of Bible Study for Those Who Don't Read the Bible. Myra, one of your Bible lessons is the Great Commission, and you mention in that one of what is one of our favorite books by D. James Kennedy, What If Jesus Had Never Been Born? We did a discussion on that as part of our Christmas program. Isn't it amazing, Myra, how whether or not you believe in Jesus, he directly or indirectly influences all of our daily lives, doesn't he? Oh, absolutely. I mean, you can just look around architecture and art and music and literature. I mean, he's the most influential figure who's ever walked the planet. Even time is divided by his birth. Um, But don't get me started on the (laughs) BCE instead of BC. Oh, I agree. And unfortunately, that's everywhere in Israel, isn't it? We saw that in the Holy Land. Everything was BCE. But anyway, yeah. Yes, and it's actually, it started in the mid-1800s, because I've actually written about this. Uh, It started in the mid-1800s by Jewish academics who um, didn't want time to be marked by Christ's birth, so they came up with the BCE, which of course is before the Common Era. But but what is the Common Era? Right, (laughs) same thing. Because everything changed. He affected people's attitudes about almost everything. The sanctity of life itself, the dignity of work, the you know whether people should be educated or not, caring for the sick, caring for the poor. He 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 changed so much that was not the case before. So, and uh, D. James Kennedy, uh, I actually knew him um, because the church that he founded is literally just like a mile from me, and I've, I've attended it many times. And um, he was he was a great man, and that book is such a classic, and it should be read. 
by every college student, really any high school student, anybody, because it's a story of our world, our culture. It's everything that we do every single day and see has been influenced in some way by Jesus. But that just gets downplayed and just sort of um, just swept under the rug these days. I totally agree. Everyone should read that book because it explains so much about our world. And it's really a testimony to me. It's one of my favorite books of all time. Just that Jesus is is who he said he was because he changed everything so much. But okay. As, as Christians, we let's get back to your essay, uh, about being an example. Chris, you, you wrote <clears throat> a piece called Christians Lead by Example. And yes, the Ten Commandments can be a guide for everyone. But um, just a little bit more about that essay and live as, living as an example to non-believers. And, you know, how can we do that? And, and what other, maybe some of your other essays that back that up. Or um, I, I just really enjoyed that. One essay of yours that Christians lead by example. So, well, I appreciate that, and and it's it's difficult. First of all, to be in a, to be a Christian these days, to be an outward Christian, uh, because our society is very very hostile. Yeah. But I think it comes down to you know behavior. You know how are you perceived by people, particularly in adverse, hostile situations. You know, do you pick fights? You know, do you just try to be a peacemaker instead of, you know, a warrior? Uh, sometimes you have to be a warrior, but you can do it in a way that, that doesn't upset those around you. I mean, it's basically, mm-hmm. again, it, it's like the Ten Commandments. You have to love the Lord. You have to love each other. You have to just be who he wants you to be. And it's it's really hard to do that. But you know what? If you act a certain way, you're going to stand out. And people are going to notice, you know, your life and what you do, and maybe they'll try to emulate it. I know I'm talking in generalities, but it's, it's hard to really be specific because there's, you know, just so many different examples you could use. But it's more like you just want people to notice you to be a godly, good person. And, and I think one of wow, the big you know, things that... About her special. Exactly. One of the big things that we can be an example to others is just living in integrity. You know, it's so easy to just go along to get along because, well, and we're seeing that with this coronavirus. Are you going to live in integrity as far as mask wearing or, uh, you know, going along with the, the protocol, even though you know it's wrong, like not prescribing ivermectin because it's political and you want to save your job, but you know, darn well, it's a good drug. And, I mean, just things like that, living in integrity and having the courage to speak the truth. So I have another question I want to touch on, though, uh, Myra, and that is uh, Mm -hmm. getting back to your book again. So after the COVID lockdowns hit in March 2020, your next episode right after that was End Times, and then the next week you had an episode on God's Warning, and I think a few weeks after that you had an episode with special guest Jonathan Kahn, who we've heard and I think he talks a lot about end times. So my question is, do you think that the worldwide COVID phenomenon, is that a sign that we're close to the end, that we're close to Christ's return? What do you think about that? 
You know, I don't, I don't really like to make any predictions, um, yep. except that in general, you could just say, let's look at America first, and then I'll get to the world. In general, uh, Americans are turning away from God. Uh, Bible literacy is dropping. And as you know, in the Bible, there are many examples when the Israelites turned away from the Lord, and they were punished, uh, not just with pandemics, but, you know, floods, fires. Potatoes, droughts. I mean, you could say all those things are, yeah. are happening. It seems like more than ever before. And those are also mentioned as a way the Lord gets our attention. So, um, you know, is he trying to get our attention by all these horrible calamities that are happening to people? Uh, I don't know. because I'm, I'm, I don't know the mind of God. All we know is that things are happening that seems like they're happening more than ever before. And, of course, um, many people say it's climate change. I mean, that's certainly in some ways you could say the new religion. For those that don't have religion, they yeah. say it's, it's all climate change. Right. Um, but those of us that read the Bible and love the Lord can say, well, you know, maybe the hand of God is on this more than, than, uh, than you know, climate change. It's who controls the climate? It's certainly not man. I don't believe man controls the climate. God controls the climate. He created the universe. He, he controls the climate, too, and the things that, that happen. I, I believe that. Um, so whether these are the end times, I know pe- many people think they are. I know Jonathan thinks they are. Um, it's interesting. I had just had him this last two weeks. I wrote about Messianic prophecies, part one and part two, and he was the guest on both of them. And part two was particularly interesting because I I really emphasized uh, Isaiah 53, which is probably the most profound Messianic prophecy. Yes. Right. And Jonathan mm-hmm. actually wrote his testimony in my Bible study about how Isaiah 53 brought him to Jesus, and he calls him Yeshua, Jesus' um, Hebrew name. Um, so anyway, Messianic prophecies certainly are a great interest of mine, and they should be to many people. But basically, you know, back to your original question, um, I refuse to speak about if we are in the end times. All I can say is this be ready, is you always have to be ready to meet him, whether it's he's going to come and visit all of us or... You're going to visit him first. Um, <laughs> and we totally agree. That we, yes, it's good to look at the signs. Yes, it's, be, it's good to be really familiar with Revelation. And that, you know, just, but the point of it is to be ready and always be occupying till he comes and to be found doing something good because we don't know that. We don't, you know, Jesus says no one knows the exact time. So, yes, we should be aware of it, though, all the time and be ready. So So. let's end on that wonderful note. Myra, it's been wonderful talking with you. And uh, when we close up our show, we have one more brief person to speak with, but then we're going to mention your book at the end and encourage people to get that book. So thanks so much and have a wonderful... It's been wonderful having you with us. Yes. Thank you so much. I appreciate being your guest. Happy New Year to you and bless you. We have another special guest, Sarah Stevens, recent candidate for California governor and Christian and freedom activist. She has an important announcement about a conference coming up in the next week. Sarah, glad to have you on. Tell us about the conference. Thank you so much. Um, Yes, next Friday night, so January 14th in Oceanside, California, we're hosting an amazing free event at Grace Church. So it's right there in Oceanside, and the event starts right at 6.30 p.m., and we're going to have some incredible worship from the California Will Be Safe Tour, and we have amazing speakers from local and national nonprofits, 
some community leaders, pastors, and current elected officials. So it's going to be absolutely amazing. And to kick off the event, we have a pre-show before, so people can come on out. And we're going to have some food trucks, um, a band, and all the speakers are going to be there early. So, so many times people like to come out to an event, but they never really get the opportunity to meet the speakers. Well, this is going to be the time where everyone can come, meet everyone, and it's going to be just such an amazing event. Sarah, this sounds fantastic. Now, do people need to pre-register for this? No, I would just say come early. You know, if people can come at 5, that would be great, you know, because then they can come and just start meeting people, meet all the nonprofit founders, you know, meet some of the vendors, get some food, be a part of the Patriot family, the Patriot community, and just be so encouraged and inspired. And then uh, we're going to open the doors 15 minutes before, and people can come in and get their seats. So I would just encourage people, just come and enjoy, because I know this event is actually drawing people not just from San Diego County, but Orange County, Los Angeles County, Riverside County. So I know God has something very special in store for January 14th. Well, thanks so much, Shara. And I bet you one of the great, great benefits for anyone that goes and will plan on going is the people you meet, the people you meet there. Network with. Yes. Yeah. And this is this can fly in the face of the doomsayers and the gloom mongers, you know, that just want to keep us in our house and, and sick, whatever. Right. Just, we can be out there and making friends and celebrating. So we have to we have to we have to run now, Sarah. But we'll look forward to seeing you on Jan fourteen. You got it. Thank you guys so much. Mm-hmm. We'll so, see you soon. See you soon. To bless your neighbor this week, check out that book we talked about, Bible Study for Those Who Don't Read the Bible by Myra Khan Adams. It's really excellent and. Can really consider attending the Activate Courage Conference on January 14th in Oceanside. It's going to be terrific. Till next week, bye-bye. Join us next Saturday at noon for Biblical Citizen. Let's roll. Your hosts, Brian and Kathleen Melanakis, seek to educate and activate Christians at a grassroots level, helping them to live out their responsibility to influence civic affairs for good. Next week, we will cover another major news happening from the view of the biblical citizen. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.